This is Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show! This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, it is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rimpey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Fantastic to have you. want to jump in? Phone call it, 216-777-2120. 216-777-2120. If you want to shoot me an email, this is how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, and I have to say, as I look back over the last number of weeks, Dare I say a month of this show, it has been laden heavily with steak talk. And I'm not going to apologize it, not even for one second. Steak is phenomenal. Steak is great. We all love steak. A quintessential part of this whole live fire, outdoor cooking and grilling lifestyle that we appear to love to lead. So much so that some of you are actually tuning in live on a Tuesday night to watch some schmuck in Cleveland talk about it which I appreciate. Tonight, we continue on with what will be more of a grilling, trended show or themed show. In 12 minutes, we will be joined by the creator of the American Competitive Steak Association. He is a first-timer to the show. He's also a barbecue competition promoter as well, puts on events. In the Buckeye State of Ohio, Dan Hurst will be joining us. So excited to talk to Dan about that. Then at 9.35, we will take a little break from the steak and talk a little bit about competition barbecue classes. Specifically, we will be getting a review of Tuffy Stone's barbecue cooking class, competition class, from a guy who was recommended to me from the Tennessee Embedded Correspondence Lodge. That being Steve Ray, who appears here the fourth Tuesday of every month. We get a bonus Tuesday in this month. We have five Tuesdays in July. Lamar Young, the pitmaster of Three Knox Barbecue, will be joining us to give us a knockdown, dragout review of one Tuffy Stones class. So we'll start top to bottom. 
cost. What did you go over? What did you like? What didn't you like? What did you get? What didn't you get? And the final question, ROI. Was it worth the money in the end? Because as we all know, not necessarily cheap to take these cooking classes, so you want to make sure you're getting bang for the buck. And then we'll move into the second hour. At 10.14, I will revisit with the current KCBS president. That's right. I said the current KCBS president, Randall Bowman. And we will be talking about the National Grilling Society. So we'll get back into the steak, uh, steak talk with Randall. Excited to learn a little bit about the NGS, see what's happening there as time allows. We might branch or bridge over into the KCBS side of things, but we'll see how that conversation goes. And then helping me round out the show this evening, coming out of that proverbial bullpen, the pitmaster of BigPapaSmokers.com and the namesake competition barbecue team coming off a reserve grand championship this past weekend in NorCal. Sterling Ball, longtime sponsor of the show as well. They're doing a him and uh, Scott Rodriguez, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, the head muckety-muck at BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse. They're putting on a backyard barbecue class in their neck of the woods, so uh, that'll be benefiting charity. Of course, Sterling big into charities. So that's what's happening tonight. Dan Hurst, Lamar Young in the first hour, Randall Bowman, Sterling Ball in the second hour. If you didn't see this, and it just got released today, and if you're looking for a new job, kind of, you might want to take a look. This provided by Thrillist.com. The dream job will pay you five grand a week to travel the country and eat barbecue. That's right. In this life, you're going to have to eat, and you're going to need money to do it. And it's more efficient all the way around if you can find a job that combines the two. So with that in mind... You have quite an opportunity awaiting for you. That's a new dream opportunity that will pay you thousands of dollars to travel around the country, eat tons of delicious barbecue, and tell everybody about it on social media this summer. Just this very day on Tuesday, Reynolds Wrap announced that they're hiring a chief grilling officer whose sacred duty it will be to travel across the great land of ours eating barbecue, documenting the eating of barbecue, getting paid for eating barbecue. Best of all, the chief grilling officer will get to bring a friend along for the barbecue sauce fuel journey. Reynolds didn't reveal exactly where you'll be traveling for the gig, but said sampling and savoring grilled foods from across the country at top barbecue cities. So, not a full-time position. You're getting ten grand for basically two weeks. If you're really interested, you have to go to uh, chief, or if you want to apply for the chief grilling position, all you have to do is submit a 100-word essay. That, of course, disqualifies me immediately about why you would think you'd be a good fit. Plus, a picture of your favorite grilling recipe. Take down this uh, email address. The very professional ending. Reynolds CGO, that's Reynolds Chief Grilling Officer at gmail.com. Yes, nothing screams professional like <laughs> gmail.com. Even I don't have gmail.com anymore. Come on. Reynolds CGO, taking your entries starting today, going through August 13th, so two weeks. That's uh, way easier than applying to a normal job, of course. So if you're interested in that kind of a thing, Head on over. Well, first draft your 100-word essay. Then make sure you have a picture of your favorite grilling recipe and email it to ReynoldsCGO 
at gmail.com. 10 grand, two weeks. Make sure you have enough vacation time because if you don't and you get hired, you will get fired immediately. You have to make sure that you have vacation time so then you can get paid for those two weeks of vacation. I like it. So last week I had first time guest of the show, Nick Solaris, the professional carnivore, self titled. Great first conversation. Didn't get to nearly the amount of stuff that I wanted to. Well, lo and behold, and for some reason, my Twitter alert, my Twitter alerts, especially the direct messages, rarely get to my attention through my devices. But three days after the fact, four days after the fact, I get a Twitter direct message from Nick saying, hey, I want to get involved in the stake tempt field research. Nick, good news. You are now the newly anointed official New York City stake temperature tester researcher. Dr. Solaris, PhD. I'm officially giving you that title, Nick, so use it diligently and judiciously. So he tells me he wants to get involved. Then the next day files this report. This week, that was last week, I was served a practically raw dry-aged rib steak at a Michelin-starred chef's pop-up, ordered the steak rare, that retailed for $140. Wow. He also ate a $21 strip that nailed the temperature in an old-school steakhouse that cooks over coal. And again, they nailed that temperature, which I assume is rare. And then on July 28th, which was the day he wrote the reviews for me, had a perfectly rare tri-tip at a farm-to-table place. So just like that, first-time guest last week, now has filed already three independent Temperature testings from the New York City locations. That is Dr. Nick Solaris, if you need him. Practically raw, dry-aged rib steak. Yikes. Admittedly, I'm not necessarily raw steak guy. If there's not a lot of other opportunities for me to eat it, if you're not going to want to put it back on for me for like three or four more minutes, I will eat it under protest. I'm more mid-rare trending, like mid-rare plus, I guess. And by the way, as I had led the show last week saying that my steak game was down, I rectified that this past weekend. Follow me on social media to see my success. You'll agree. So thank you, Nick. Hopefully he'll be filing more reports that I could share with you as you might make plans to be in the New York City area. We'll see. Practically raw rib steak. You know, if Nick is saying that, because I'm assuming he likes to order his steak rare and we'll talk about that next time he's on, that can kind of be an issue for him. Practically raw, dry. 140 bucks, by the way. Folks, we always believe that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. 
This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. By the way, if you already have a barbecue guru automatic pit temperature controller, you don't have to worry about doing anything else if you get the monolith. The fan is built into the cooker, the ceramic cooker. The fan is built in. All you have to do is run the controller leads right down to the fan, hook it up. You're off and running. Now, if you want to upgrade the tech, certainly Barbecue Guru isn't going to have an issue with that. No, no. All you have to do is visit the website, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Check out what they have to offer. If you have any questions about what to order, make sure you give them a call at 800-288-GURU. They will make sure they answer all your questions so you're up and running right out of the box. Again, the website, bbqguru.com, or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. Don't forget the rib rack, too. If you have a ceramic cooker, a large or extra-large ceramic cooker, rib rack is the place to go. Easily double the amount of ribs that you can cook on your cooker, plus a whole chicken in the middle, if you want. All right, we have... Dan Hurst, ACSA, talking about steak, yeah. Stick around, be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And I'm using grilling oil all the time. I love it. You know I love it, but I really love it. Who knew that a handful of years ago, competitive steak contests were going to be as popular as they are now? So popular that one of those sanctioning bodies would have a regular segment right here on this show. But... The SCA isn't the only competitive stake sanctioning body out there. Now there's at least two other ones that I'm familiar with. My next guest is the creator of the American Competitive Stake Association. And tonight, we'll get some insight on how those events run, how they are similar, how they're different, all that good stuff. So let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline. And welcome first-timer to the show, Dan Hurst. Dan, how are you, buddy? Hey, doing great. Thanks. How are you this evening? I'm absolutely fabulous, Dan. Appreciate you making time for Really, I truly appreciate the fact, Dan, that you are muscling through. You must get up really early in the morning if uh, typically you're in bed at 9 o'clock at night, right? Oh, it's pretty sad. I'm usually up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning getting my day started early. Right. Now, you know, in uh, in support of you, I'm a guy that really 
finds that most of my business is done early in the morning. So, I mean, while I hate to get up early in the morning, once I'm up and rolling, I always feel like I'm most productive between 5 and 9 a.m. in the morning and everything falls apart after that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Dan, let's go ahead and get a little background about you just from a general live fire sense. Are you somebody that grew up around a lot of grilling and barbecue or is this a passion that you kind of developed a little later in life? You know, I grew up uh, in a kind of doing a lot of farming when I was younger. And when we were out on the farm, we were always barbecuing or cooking something. So kind of born and raised with it. And it really took off over the past few years for now. I had mentioned that you are currently doing a lot of events, whether it's barbecue or steak in the great Buckeye state of Ohio. Are you originally a, a born and bred Buckeye? No, you know, I was actually uh, born in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, out in farm country. But um, I lived lived in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania for many years, and I came out here to Ohio for college. Where did you go? I went to uh, DeVry. It was a uh, mm-hmm. technology school. Yep, that's right. So when does the concept or idea or however you want to hot-button term it the American Competitive Steak Association come about? I'll tell you, it's been a long time coming. It's been something I've been dreaming about starting for probably the past four or five years now. (laughs) You know, I do all this competitive barbecue stuff. Um, If I'm not barbecuing, I'm cooking steak. And I I cook steak probably twice a week, and I'm barbecuing twice a week. And I thought to myself, you know, steak is such an awesome thing. Um, Competitive food for me has been an awesome thing for many, many years. I said, well, I, I love doing both of them. Why not start my own competitive steak organization? You know, I thought that this part of the country needs something that we can call our own out here. So that's one of the reasons I got it started. So a lot of people are familiar with the State Cook-Off Association. They're probably, you know, one of the, the bigger overall national type uh, sanctioning bodies, and, and they're doing competitive steak now for quite a little while. Where, in your opinion, and I'm not trying to speak for you, I'm just uh, guessing, did you feel that either you weren't getting enough competitive stake representation up here or they weren't filling a niche up here that you thought you could step in and help better serve? You know, I really didn't think think about that much per se at all. I just knew that I love competitive food and I wanted to do something with competitive stake. So I, I really didn't look at them either either direction on that. I just wanted to do something competitive stake here in this part of the country. And now that we're around, you know, we we can fill a need in this in this part of the, the country for, for the sort of thing. Okay, so let's look at where ACSA is and how you would compare it to uh, something like an SEA. Where do you guys uh, compare and, and where do you guys differ? Sure, I think we compare quite quite a few places. You know, we're both cooking the same kind of steaks. Um, our our steak entry fees are, are pretty similar. The way that we're, our, our bodies are set up are, are pretty similar. Um, some of the ways that we differ, though, our, our pricing structure is a little bit different for uh, competitors, for organizers, for reps. We're just we're a little bit different on the pricing structure. Even with membership, is a little bit different pricing structure. Um, one of my goals when I started this organization was to make it affordable for the average person out there to compete in these contests, and and also for an organizer to to be able to put them on and still put a um, make make a you know a little bit of money on the side to to help them do these things. So you'll you'll see that our our cost structure is is relatively low. Um, that way, the anybody that's got a got a grill in the backyard and a little bit of disposable income can get in and can compete in these things. And, you know, it's it's not like the professional barbecue where you have to put a good chunk of money away to to be able to do this. So 
from a judging standpoint, if you attend or are competing in ACSA event, how do you judge stakes? We, we judge, I, you know, I took the best of what I thought was the best of the, the KCBS and the SCA and some of the other food judging organizations out there um, to, to try to come up with our rules. But when you're, when you're judging a stake, you know, we have a couple different terms that, that we use. Uh, we, you know, we do a presentation. Um, we do a temperature, a tenderness, and a taste category. So people are judging, you know, a score of a one or to a five on those different things. Um, we went with just a one to five score because with, with doing all the comp- other competitive foods we used to, I'm used to doing, most of them have a scoring of one to ten. And I wanted to just make it a little bit simpler for folks because there can be a lot of variation into, well, is it a seven? Is it an eight? Where do I go with that? You know, I thought of going to a one to five would, would make it a little bit more direct as to this, it's this quality of a food or this quality of a presentation. You guys are using ribeye steaks. That's the same as SEA is using. Was there any thought given to using some other kind of a cut, like a sirloin or a strip steak for that matter? Yeah, there, there was. We, we, you know, I've looked at all those. I've cooked a lot of them. Um, we chose ribeye something because, it, in my opinion, and, and a lot of people, it, it is the best cut of steak out there. Um, it, it's going to be more flavorful. You can do a lot more with it. With all that extra fat on that steak, you can get some better flavors cooked into that thing a lot, a lot easier. When you're judging temperature, how are you doing that? Is it a multifaceted process where people are taking internal temperatures are you cutting it open and going against some type of a color key? How do you do that? For for the to judge the temperature, we're trying to cook our steaks to a perfect medium temperature. Um, they're not taking a, an actual thermometer to it. What we do is we cut that steak um, for the judge, and we have the judge look at it immediately after it's cut. And there is a temperature chart on the table or on the back of their judge's manual that they can compare that to to, to see if it's a perfect medium. But we do spend a lot of effort in training our judges during a judging class on what what to look for in a perfect medium steak. So what temperature do you consider to be a perfect medium? Obviously, the judges aren't looking at a numerical number, but there has to be something that in your mind or whether it's through FDA or whatever body or uh, place you're trying to get a temperature reading, like what does that mean to you? It's pink throughout. The steak is what we're looking for. And then there would be also no red left inside of it. Uh, so I guess the I, I'm uh, needling my way into uh, another question of, is the key that you have like provided to you by some type of a food industry that is showing the colors of you know what a rare is and what a medium rare and what a medium is? Or is this something that you guys have just put together on your own uh, and said this is what the specific temperatures would look like and then score up and down accordingly? Sure. Um, you know, I've actually, when we started this thing, I looked at a lot of different uh, organizations, uh, you know, the different uh, beef organizations out there, um, looked at all their different charts. And one thing that I found odd was depends on the quality of the computer screen I'm looking at or the quality of the printer that I'm using. The colors are always different on all of them. Yeah. So I took, from my cooking experience, what I felt was a perfect medium, and that's where I started with to, for, to, for us to decide what a medium steak looked like. So when your participants are taking place, 
in a ACSA sanctioned contest, do you find that they're cooking to a specific intern? Like, are they shooting for an internal temperature that they then pull off, do a little carryover, and get it to whatever that perfect temperature is? Yeah, it looks like uh, from what we're seeing is they're cooking a little bit under and letting that sucker rest for a little while as it right before they turn it in, so it goes up in temp a few degrees for them. So you know they're hoping that it hits the table right about. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say what every every cook team is cooking to, but yeah. I would I would assume they're about you know 135 140 degrees when they turn them in. From a restrictions standpoint, is there anything as it relates to cookers or grills or anything like that? No, that's the awesome thing. You know, that that's one of the things where we are kind of similar to the SCA um, in that we don't care what you cook on. You can cook on a propane. You can cook on charcoal. Hey, if you've got a bunch of candles sitting around, you can even cook on those <laughs> if you think you can do it. Have you had anybody <laughs> cook on a charcoal chimney yet? Not that I've seen. Mm. No, I, I haven't seen all the steaks that get turned in, but, you know, I, I have not seen that. But I would love to see somebody do a reverse sear on a, on a steak on that chimney and, and send it in. How many events are you currently sanctioning over the course of the year? And I guess I, I'm just assuming that your season is more or less a, a calendar year-ish? That's correct. The, the season is a calendar year. Um, since we just actually went live only about a month and a half ago, um, maybe two months at, at that. So what we're seeing, we, we've had three contests in the so far. Uh, we've got two more coming up, and we're, we're talking to a lot of other organizers uh, to get a couple more going this year. And then it looks like we're expecting for next year for for the organization to really start taking off a lot lot bigger. Um, we're we're expecting fifty to eighty contests for next year is where we're we're targeting for. What are you looking at from an entry fee and a prize payout? You know, it, it's we leave that up to the organizer. That's that's their decision. But we recommend to them um, a hundred dollar entry fee for a stake category, and then if if they want to throw in a couple ancillaries. It's $25 entry fee usually per an ancillary. Um, and then stake payout would be usually about $1,250 total payout is, is what we're, we're recommending at $100 entry. Now, if they wanted to go up to $150 entry uh, for that, we would, you know, we, we kind of recommend that they put up at least $1,750 to, to $2,000 in payouts. Do you have a, I mean, if you're only live here just for a couple months, do you have any type of a big culminating event at this point this year, or are you going to wait until you have a full season underneath your belt before you put together like a, a, a Super Bowl of steak for you guys? Yeah, we're actually, this this year being our inaugural year, we, we're not having a, a year-end contest, but we are doing a, a team of the year points chase. So that that's live and up and running already. And at the end of the year, um, whichever team has the largest has the largest amount of points at the end of the year, they'll receive trophy um, and some prize money as well. But we are going to hold off till next year till we get a lot more contests going throughout the season to do a, a year end event. But but that is absolutely in the work. Where we actually take a a portion of all sanctioning fees that come in from from all of our events and put that towards a, a prize pool for for next year's uh, end of year contest. So we're hoping to get some really big contests and prize payouts for, for, for the end of the year. Dan Hurst joining me here on the show, American Competitive Stake Association, the website acsa.us. Make sure you hit us instead of .com there if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, Dan, are you surprised that competitive stake cooking has reached the level it has 
mean, you have uh, you guys are in the mix now. SCA, of course, I believe NGS uh, just recently rolled out as well. I'm sure from a niche segment perspective, you have to be excited with the interest just from a high level that this particular niche seems to be getting. I I love it. I, I think that steak is, is where it says for us competitive food sports. You know, the, the, the with the steak, we can get in there in and out in one one day and at a low cost for, for somebody. What it's just a great thing, and I I see it exploding across the across the country and and globally here as the years go on. But I'm I'm just proud to, and glad to be able to have gotten in this uh, at an early stage here in the game because steak is something everybody can cook a steak. Never, most lots of guys do, and lots of ladies do cook steaks all the time. And for for us to be able to be part of this is just a wonderful thing. Dan, let's talk about growth just for a second. You had mentioned that you have plans to do quite a bit more next year, but as you look into next year, maybe even two or three years down the road, is there a target number of contests that you would like to see happening over the course of a calendar year? Yeah, you know, I, I want to grow as, as large as humanly possible, I, I think, like anybody would. Uh, but realistically, I'm, I'm looking, our, our estimated goal is uh, by year three to be at least 250 to 300 contests, wow. uh, by year five to be at least in the four to 500 contests. Would you like to see sanctioning go from coast to coast, or do you want to stay within a specific region or regions of the country? Well, I, at, at this time, you know, we are, you know, being based in Ohio, um, we're, we're really stretching, pushing our efforts to Ohio and all of our bordering states for now. Um, but we do plan to to take this nationwide in, in the near future here. Um, there's there's no reason we, we couldn't be able to get out there. I, I think we offer a great uh, opportunity for, for people to get in and, and cook steaks. And I, I think that should be no problem to go nationwide over the next few years here. Dan, do you see any trends that are taking over, whether you're you know, paying attention to some of the other sanctioning bodies? Obviously, you're paying attention to what's happening uh, with you guys, but do you see trends that are starting to take over, for instance, uh, certain grills being favored over the other ones or things like uh, the product grill grates being used in order to get those grill marks on there to present to judges? Anything like that that you see? You know, I, I see a lot of those companies that are that – are- Putting a lot of dollars into advertising to their, their products on this, um, with the grill grates and the man grates and those different types of things. Um, I think they're all great products. Um, but with our organization, you know, grill marks are, are fine. We don't actually judge on the grill mark, so I think it's 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 a positive out there. But it's it's not something we're going to actually base our judging on. So whether you use those man grates or grill grates or, or the competitors or just your standard Weber grill out there with, with uh, the standard rack on it, um, I, I think they're all working just as well for one another. Do you ever see a time, Dan, where there might be one holistic competitive stake sanctioning bodies, whether there's mergers or buyouts or whatever? Do you think that there will always be a few different ones, or do you see ultimately down the road being like one NFL of stake? You know, that's a really good question. I've never thought about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to kind of refer that to, to the barbecue uh, world. Uh, we see barbecue organizations all over this country, and they're all doing barbecue competitions. Um, there's, you know, we, we have, there, you know, there's obviously a, a very large sanctioning body, but there, there's lots of them out there. I, I think that steak's going to go the same way in that we're going we're gonna to see a couple different steak sanctioning bodies out there. 
And you know, we'll, we'll have to play it by ear. If, if one day all of us decide to get together and maybe combine our organizations you know, in five, 10 years down the road, great. If, if not, no big deal. But it's hard to tell at this point. It could be really potentially interesting in two or three years from now once you guys are in that, you know, three, four, five hundred a year range, uh, SCA is maintaining their situation or growing to take your overall winner and pit it against the SCA overall winner and maybe an NGS overall winner and have a shootout <laughs> that way. That would be pretty cool. Oh, that would be fun. That would be absolutely the best thing. You know, and the cool thing about it is I think there's enough stake in this country, to, to enough stake to go around for every every organization that's out there right now to, to get some good contests. But I would love it if, you know, maybe end of year we did some big, huge thing. The top 10 of, of ACSA versus the top 10 of the SCA, some kind of a Royal Rumble sort of thing. That would be fun. From a barbecue perspective, Dan, because you do put some of, uh, of the bigger contests here in Ohio on each and every year, and not to transition too harshly, how are you finding competitive barbecue as you compare it to steak, which really seems to be on the come? Do you find barbecue trending down a little bit? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I I heard also, I guess, late last year, early this year, people were starting to say that it was trending down a little bit, but mm. I don't see that. You know, this year I've, I've seen, you know, I organize uh, four different barbecue contests in Ohio. And this year I've actually seen a lot of new teams coming out on the circuit to, to compete in this thing. I've seen a lot of new judges. I, I think it's just keeping on track as it, as it has been. Dan Hurst joining me here on the show. He has started the American Competitive Steak Association, and you can check that out and uh, potentially join and compete at an upcoming event, ACSA.us. Dan, when's the next event taking place? Our next steak event is called the Eastland Mall Steak Cookoff. That is Saturday, September 29th. That's in uh, Columbus, Ohio. So if you're interested, uh, still spots open, I would imagine. Yep, we still do have plenty of spots open. We'll be taking registrations for the next month or so. And we're having it's steak and chicken wings are the two categories. And we're also having a certified judging class that evening as well. Wow. So uh, steak and chicken wings and a certified judging class. I know at least people love two of the three of those things, which are steak and chicken wings. Nothing better than that. Again, it's Dan Hurst with the American Competitive Steak Association. Dan, appreciate you uh, running late with me tonight here and appreciate the insight and the little education on ACSA. Thanks so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. There he is. It is Dan from the ACSA. So two months old, three months old or so. And they are off and running into the... All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. I love it. Yummy. Love it. So, Also, if you want to be a competitive judge, there's going to be in Columbus, Ohio, a certified judging class. You can check it out. Yes, I was asking for specific temperatures because, you know, that's what I'm up and all about the last number of weeks. Dr. Nick Solaris is on the job as well. Folks, Cook Shack manufacturers smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in your backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. 
Cookshack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. <laughs> Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. That's right, Ed. Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG-1000, always customer favorites. PG-1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion, dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit cookshack.com. Hook up with a coach shack. You'll be happy that you did. I got one in my garage right now. The old smokehead. In a pinch. Works like a champ. Cookshack.com. Lamar Young out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. John Dawson weighing in $140. Remps, if I'm going to drop 140 bones on a ribeye steak, it had better come with a supermodel to feed it with me. Damn right, John. I agree with that. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also, if you choose, buy from Amazon.com. Why not? Remember when competition barbecue classes were the thing to sign up for? And I don't think they've lost their popularity per se, but I'm not seeing the huge amount of solicitations either like I used to. But One of the big ones that came out here over the last couple of years was a class given by a 2018 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, Tuffy Stone. Have you ever thought about taking that class? Wonder if there's return on investment? My next guest took a class about six weeks ago or so, and he's here to recap it tonight. So let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, Lamar Young. Lamar, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, Greg? I'm doing very well, Lamar. I appreciate you making time here for the show. So uh, as we did with Dan Hurst on the competitive steak side here, as uh, I think you caught the last couple minutes of that, a little background about you and if you kind of grew up around barbecue, grilling, all that stuff, or is it something that you got into a little bit later? Uh, no, I've been around barbecue pretty much my whole life. I started working in a barbecue restaurant at 14. Really? And that's really when I, the passion hooked me uh just something about cooking with wood cooking with fire i've always been intrigued and uh, I, I just got bit by the bug and it never let loose so when did you get introduced to competition barbecue i mean typically unless you're living in an area where an event comes through every year or you got some buddies that are already into it it's not something you just stumble across so how were you introduced to that and when was that 
well, I was introduced by, you know, barbecue pitmasters on TV. It really? really, really took off and intrigued me. And then a good friend of mine, Steve Ray, I got in touch with them. He needed help on his team. So I helped him out in a few competitions uh, and just loved it. I mean, the camaraderie of everybody that's involved and everybody's your friend. But come Saturday morning, it's game time. What's your current setup looking like, Lamar? What are you cooking up? I'm cooking on a reverse flow lane. I'm more of an old school kind of guy. I cook with wood, uh, tend to the fire, no gadgets, just no sleep either, huh? And <laughs> yeah, I just know how to do it. What size lane do you got? I got well. I actually have three. <laughs> have a lane eighty four. A Lang 60, and I cook at home on a little Lang 36 patio model. Uh, I don't want to diverge because I, I do want to spend a lot of time here on Tuffy Stone, but I also have a patio 36 Lang. What's your biggest insight into, uh, A, establishing a coal bed and then keeping it? Because I've found from time to time, depending on how I'm running it, I can lose the coal bed a lot quicker than I'm hoping to, and then it's hard to reestablish that. Sure. What I usually do, I start off with a, this one charcoal chimney full of charcoal, get it good and hot, then add my wood, and I keep adding just small logs of wood about every 45 minutes to an hour, and that's always worked out well for me. I've never lost a coal bed, uh, and I usually maintain 275 to 300 degrees. Do you run with the firebox door closed and use the pinwheels to damper, or do you uh, regulate the firebox door open or close? And I always run the firebox door closed and use the pinwheels. Uh, usually when I get up to temperature, the pinwheels are usually closed. Uh, unless it's a cold, cold, windy day, they might have to stay open a little longer. It'll kind of eat through the wood a little bit, but I found a trick this laying fire brick on top of the firebox and that helps out a lot hmm. like uh, exteriorly outside yes hmm. all right that's a good trick i didn't know about uh contest wise lamar how many are you doing in the course of a year right now well it's, it's been kind of slow this last last year i've been working out of town i've done uh two or three this year and and and, and i've done pretty well uh the hometown contest we've done uh, got first place in People's Choice and second place in Ribs. Uh, so that, that paid out pretty well. That's always a good thing. And uh, have another contest coming up later on in September. Lamar Young joining me here on the show talking about the Tuffy Stone competition class. Uh, previous to Tuffy's class, Lamar, had you taken any other competition classes or backyard barbecue classes? No, this, this was my first class, and I looked into several different classes before I before I chose Tuffy's class. And I just, man, Tuffy, he is such a a cool guy. And I thought, man, what a better there there can't be a better class than Tuffy's. And it, it was a it was a great class. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about that class a little bit more in depth. Uh, how much was it to take as far as cost, and how many days did it span? It, it costs $750 if you go by yourself. If, if you have your teammate, yeah, I think it's 1300 And if you and your wife go or your spouse, 
uh, it's a thousand, but for me, it was seven hundred and fifty dollars. It starts Friday Friday evening around four o'clock, and he runs till about till about nine o'clock. He stops the class and then he feeds everybody, and then it starts. The class itself starts at seven o'clock Saturday morning. But Tuffy gets there at five o'clock mm. to fire his pit up, and he offers if anybody wants to come hang out, watch him light the smoker, you can. So I did that. I was there at five o'clock Saturday morning, and it was just me and him. We spent about an hour and a half, just me and Tuffy. And uh, but it, it's great from the first, from the as soon as you get there, as soon as you walk in the door, Tuffy and his wife. I mean the hospitality. They have food there. You drinks anything you want you don't want for nothing uh it's definitely a great class tuffy he don't hide nothing he he puts it all out there for you to learn he gives you all of his tricks all the secrets he don't hide nothing and he explains everything with great detail lamar you married guy no, I'm single, fella. All right, so you're not getting any static from anybody about dropping seven hundred and fifty bucks on a barbecue class (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) were you told in advance before you register like do you get a a big syllabus of what the class is going to entail you do on his website uh he he talks about what he's going to go over and then when you sign up for the class you uh you get an email and, and that's even great so you get an email as soon as you sign up places to stay, things to do around Richmond area. Uh, they're very welcoming, and you can stay as long as you want. After the class is over Friday night, I mean, obviously, he don't want you to spend the night there, but uh, he, he's not trying to push you out the door. Uh, but it, it's – what I like about Tuffy is, is when you ask a question, there's no dumb question. He answers every question with respect and from competition barbecue or just cooking at home uh, he'll answer any question you have do you get a lot of uh i guess what you would term classroom material or notebooks in order for you to really make additional notes or write down nuggets of wisdom or is this something that you have to bring on your own in order to make sure that you archive those properly no, when when you get there, he has a notebook for you, pen and pencil, whatever you need, he has. So you you can literally fly into Richmond, show up with nothing, and you have everything. He has everything you need right there to take notes, to do whatever you need. So when you go home and you go back to that first competition, you're going to be the grand champion. What were some of the key highlights of the class, in your opinion, Lamar? I mean, items that maybe you didn't really consider that they were going to go over or tricks you didn't know about that were brought to light, real light bulb moments for you. The biggest thing for me was when we we talked about brisket. Brisket's always been my my biggest thing that that I'm not the, the best on. So when he's talking about brisket, he's giving you all the tricks he has, uh, which I got to be real careful <laughs> and not let them out. But, uh, and, and the biggest light bulb moment for me were the little things. The little things about just running your smoker, no matter what kind of smoker you have a stick burner, a gravity fed, a, a pellet smoker, and uh, talking about a clean fire. 
you, you how to achieve that clean fire, which I, I've been lucky enough running these reverse flow smokers so long that I that I can achieve a, a clean fire. But uh, one of the biggest light bulb moments for me, like I said, was when he started talking about the brisket. Just keeping it simple. There, there's no reason to overthink barbecue. Just keep it simple. Lamar Young joining me here on the show going over the Tuffy Stone class he took a handful of weeks ago. How much can what you learned in a competition class can you apply to backyard cooking versus what you would do at a comp? Oh, I I would say 100%. Really? 100%. Oh, yeah. And and when he's talking about the the trimming and and preparing the chicken or the pork butt or the brisket – he even goes into detail, well, if I was cooking at home for family and friends, I would do things this way. Hmm. So the class is set up for competition barbecue, and that's what he hones in on mostly. But he wants to bring in the big picture of if you're cooking at home or if you're cooking for a catering event, what's the best way? When you first get there Friday night, he goes around the class and asks where everybody's from, what kind of smoker you're cooking on, if you're a competition cooker, if you're a backyard guy. Just for the reason, if you're a backyard guy, he's going to touch on what's the best thing to do here with the brisket or the best thing to do with the chicken. So he kind of brings everything into his class from competition to just backyard cooking. When somebody or how would you answer a question or or how do you validate spending 750 bucks over the course of a weekend in order to better your skills somebody would probably go oh my god that seems like such a large amount of money there has to be something better to spend your money on how do you answer that well that's that's a good question because i had that question going into it i thought (laughs) man 750 dollars do i really want to do this knowing what i know now if his class was double, if his class was $1,500, no questions asked. I really? Think. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It, $750 is just a tip of the iceberg to the knowledge that Tuffy's going to give you. Does he offer extended customer support type stuff? Like, can you email him and he'll have that recognition that you were once in a class and you can bounce some questions off of him or you got to get all that in over the course of your 750 bucks and then away you go. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much you you have to get that you have to be taking notes or have a good memory. Uh now he he never said yes or no. Uh so I I think it, it it's more of you you get it in in the class, but if you have any question at any time, he's willing to stop and answer it. He will make sure you understand before he proceeds. Hmm. So it sounds like return on investment is not only 100%, but you'd be willing to pay double uh, knowing what you know now. So I would assume this is a class that if somebody was interested in, you would highly recommend. I would highly recommend. I mean, like I said before, knowing what I know now, I would pay double for the class. It was definitely worth it. Lamar, would you ever eat a boiled hot dog? <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. Did you like it? Uh, no. Are you lying? <laughs> well, I'm more of a grilled hot dog kind of guy. Oh, damn it. All right. 
I uh, it's a loaded question because I told Stephen Reichlin, the great famed barbecue author and uh, and griller, uh, barbecue guy, TV person. You mean you know who he is? That I like a well placed boiled hot dog from time to time, and I've caught a lot of flack about it. I'm just trying to bolster the. I'm trying to find the people that also like boiled hot dogs. By the way, Steve Ray is the guy that likes boiled hot dogs, and I think he likes microwave hot dogs too. Maybe that was the guy from Oklahoma, but. Who knows? So I'm just trying to uh, find additional supporters. So knowing that, do you like boiled hot dogs? Maybe. 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 I would I would eat a boiled hot dog before I would eat fried spam. I'll hmm. say that. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'll take I'll take it where I can get it, Lamar. No doubt about it. Uh, when are you going to be competing yeah. next, Lamar? I'm going to be competing September second at the uh, Beast Feast. That's in Chattanooga. It's a little hometown event. Uh, so if there's anybody out there listening around Chattanooga, come on out. We'd love to have you. All right. Uh, giving me the lowdown on the Tuffy Stone competition cooking class. It is the pitmaster of Three Knox Barbecue, Lamar Young. Lamar, thanks very much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is, Lamar Young. I'm telling you what. Not that I thought for one second that he was going to say that it wasn't a well-placed $750. I don't doubt that for a second. I did not anticipate him saying that not only is it worth $750, but I would pay an additional $750. Whoa! By the way, if you're keeping track, and if I'm correct, when Tuffy first unveiled that he was going to be doing competition cooking classes and it was all the rage back then. Did the kids still say all the rage? It was the bee's knees back then. I believe his tag was 950 bucks. It was like the most expensive class at the time. Before that, Myron Mixon was tipping around 750 bucks. And then Fred Robles was it this year or last year? Started doing classes for $1,500. That's right. World Food Championship final table finalist, Fred Robles. Many believe that he should have uh, maybe even won the whole damn thing, depending on who you talk to. I'm sure he does. So, hey, check it out. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. Head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. You know they have great rubs like Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Sweet Money, Little Louis Season Salt, Money, Happy Ending on top of the ribs. Come on, you kidding me? Don't forget they've teamed up with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form the West Coast Offense, if you're not familiar with that. It's only winning pretty much every weekend in competitive barbecue. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. A traditional barbecue sauce reminding you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. They got that sauce plus a bunch of other sauces available for sale. Now, if you're looking for some cookers, no problem. Mac Two Star General Pellet Grill, Big Papa Smoker, the only exclusive Mac dealer on the internet, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're not a backyard, or if you're not a competition guy, you're a backyard enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? 
hey, you can't go wrong with any of the ones featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cooking budget. Check out their website today for their full selection. We all know this. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers, the place to go. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, Smokers.com. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.